Hi, in part two of my conversation with Aaliyah, we conclude her story, which ends with her finishing education and coming to the UK, pregnant with her first child at the age of 21. As a mother of two young children, Aaliyah spoke about her daily struggles with postpartum depression and how some days are better than others. We talked about her decision to not terminate her pregnancies, although she's now bringing them up as a single mum, and the joys of motherhood. Aaliyah, despite all that she's gone through, has managed to retain a sense of humour and a wisdom beyond her years. She was a delight to talk to, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So now, here's Aaliyah. Thank you. So hi, Aaliyah. Lovely to have you back on my podcast, Let's Talk About Self-Harm, um, a discussion about parenting, teenagers and mental health. So when we last spoke, um, we we covered really sort of like from the age of two when you were first diagnosed with epilepsy and then we went through various moves across the US basically in and out of different schools and your struggles and challenges there and we ended up on where you are now 19 you've left home and you've moved in with a girlfriend who has twins and a baby on the way yes so (laughs) she had a baby on the way and I didn't know whether to believe her or not because mm-hmm. I thought she, she was just very from first meeting she was pregnant so to oh. me she was reckless flimsy uh-huh. with her life and other people's lives <laughs> so I was like I didn't know whether to believe her or not um, but it turned out to be very true that she was in fact this wasn't on purpose or anything like that mm-hmm. if that makes sense she was very yeah. which is very sad um, was she the same age as you? She, I think she's maybe a year older than me because mm-hmm. I was friends with her younger sister, mm-hmm. younger than me. So we were really the same age or something like that. We're, yeah. we're about the same age, me and her, or she, me and her sister. Um, and uh, I started living with her and her boyfriend, and they lived with in this um, older couple's attic with their adoptive slash accepted son you know that person that you're like this is my son but they're not your son yeah that's what this other guy was like and um i shared a bed with him because there was there was this there was it wasn't even the size of like a football field it was like a living room here it was the size of about a living room here Uh uh-huh okay and you could just split the room in half and you would have room for two mattresses uh, on one side of the room. And on the other side, there is just a line of like a dresser and bags where we keep our clothes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was too bad. I had to share a bed with a complete stranger. Yeah. Great introduction. They... <laughs> great way to introduce yourselves. <laughs> right. And they shared a bed and I quickly integrated into learning how to, um, like what I had to do to survive. I had to learn how to, I had to learn how to, um, buy 
food, you know, wash clothes. Like, mm. I had to properly grow up, raise myself now. Yeah. Because nobody was going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And then I had to pay bills on, like, a small budget. So I had to figure out how to divide my money up the way I needed to. And all of that, you know, bills. Were you working? To... No. So I was also looking for a job. Okay, that's huge. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I, I literally left the house with no foot to stand on. Mm-hmm. Just found a place to stay with these kind people, and I was trying to find a foot to stand on, and I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anywhere to work, but they were kind, and they didn't give me any leaving time or anything like that. They were like, stay as long as you need, mm-hmm. as long as you're willing to, like, figure your life out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very reasonable response. Yeah. Um, so I was going to school every morning, walking two miles to go to school, mm. then coming back home, going out to look for jobs or doing stuff around the house for the lady because, you know, she's kind. She, mm. She's a sweet old lady. She was gentle, right? She was weird. Mm-hmm. She had cats and everything. Okay. It just wasn't right. Her house stank. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> for every pro there's a con Let's yeah absolutely sounds like it <laughs> um, and I would go to church on Sundays like I would I had a proper life to an extent yeah yeah there was a rhythm to it and it wasn't the best but I mean mm. hey it's better than nothing Um, and then when I was 16, though, I had met this guy that lived in the town that I was living in, Tyler, and we talked for about a week, and then he kind of disappeared, and, you know, he left my mind and my life fully and mm-hmm. everything like that. And so one day, when I was walking home from school, I ran across the guy. The, well, he more ran across me because mm-hmm. I didn't know him or recognize mm-hmm. him. But he knew me and uh-huh. recognized me, and I was like, "Who are you?" Um, and he had convinced me to go and stay with him because my money was really tight, yeah, and doing all these things. Um, and he offered for me to stay with him where I didn't have to pay. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just have to pay for myself. I didn't have to pay to live there. Yeah. And because he, what he said was the house was already paid off. So, yeah. like, even he didn't have to pay there. So, yeah. in my head, someone was, like, so paying the bills and they were perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> him being there. I was like, okay. And so I went. And, um, it was very much a downgrade. From where you were sharing this bed with this guy with her? I would definitely take small space and a clean house with the occasional cockroaches. There would be occasional cockroaches because there's cockroaches and tempests everywhere in every house, sadly. Oh my God. Okay. But it was occasional. Here, here, there was an infestation. Oh my goodness. I've seen one in my life and that was more than enough to traumatise me. (laughs) Oh, no, no. 
Sure, they came in every size. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to go there. Okay, carry on. Yeah. I'm getting the picture, though. <laughs> and, and there was rats. Oh, gosh. And I didn't know of any, any of this at first. I didn't know any of this. You got there in the dark, or...? or... No, I got there in the light. Uh Uh-huh, okay. In the light. Oh, they come out in the dark. They come out at some point, but most of them are so small, you do not see them. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And the rats do not come out till nighttime. Listen, they come out, and they are like sumo wrestlers. They were scrapping in the kitchen at night. They were fighting, going through bags. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh, like you'll wake up with chew marks in your bag. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Good. I don't know if I'd have had a whole rat run across my body while I'm sleeping. Ooh, oh, terrifying. Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. We're there with you. <laughs> I don't I still don't know why but I stayed there though because well, did you feel like I you had, had no options kind of sort of I think and also I think I was ashamed to go back to the other place I felt yeah. stuck I felt like I was trapped yeah because he did a very good job of that he did a good job of always like having me doing something or us doing something mm-hmm that I never had time to go back. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, that's quite clever, isn't it? Very manipulative. And so when it was time for us to go back, it was to go get my stuff. And we went, got my stuff, and we were leaving, and the people that saw us, and I had to apologize to them because I had been, go- been gone. I hadn't been paying my rent because the guy had been using my money for drugs and alcohol and stuff. And at the end of the day, they said, well, well, they wanted me to stay. They said, we really think you should stay here, but Mm -hmm. we're going to let you go do what you want to do. And we'll be praying for you. I said, thank you. I went on about my life. And for the next few months, I was in a abusive relationship. For mm-hmm. three months. What did that look like for you? It was every night he would um he would yell at me and he would he would publicly shame me verbally. Mm-hmm. And then um he would also publicly he would do minor physical things. So he do the occasional push mm-hmm. or he'd just be really possessive in front of people. Like I couldn't I couldn't sit in my own chair. I always had to sit on his lap mm. and I always had to be next to him mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I couldn't go in the neighbor's house mm-hmm. and if I did you couldn't be in there for more than about two to three seconds um, what would happen well it was always it would be assumed that you were doing something with somebody then yeah okay he wouldn't come and find you or something like that no it okay. was, it, it was it was, it was the fallout from another another fallout yeah there's no talking does that make sense there's never any talking mm-hmm. it was just you do something and then 
you wait for whatever he's gonna say or do next yeah based off what you've done yeah so my life was very much trying not to do things mm, difficult i just be his little puppet for him mm-hmm. and it wasn't a nice life he was very good at showing me certain things though like showing vulnerability mm-hmm. mm. so he had seven personalities Seven. Seven. And were any of those seven nice? Um, six out of the seven were. One was very, he was very aggressive. He's even more aggressive than the actual person. Mm. Like this one was possibly a murderer, possibly like. Yeah. Make you out the game if you make it mad enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So were you actually conscious of him slipping from one personality type into another? Mm, he didn't do it often, which is odd. It was He only ever did it when we were alone. Mm. And they would, like, directly talk to me. And the one, the, the aggressive one... I, I want to say his name was like Damon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it 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 told me very quickly how it felt about me. It told me that it didn't like, it didn't like, it didn't see, see me as his girlfriend or anything. It didn't like me. And just because all the other ones like me doesn't mean anything. Wow. That's just... and that he'll kill me if I ever make him mad. That is an incredibly scary situation to be in. So what happened? Um, so what happened was, the ending to that whole situation in general mm. is uh, I I didn't listen to him one day. I He told me to go home in the morning. I didn't go home. Mm-hmm. The next time he saw me, it was not at my house. It was back on the street that we lived on. And because of that, he tried to drag me around the street. <laughs> in front of other Everyone. people? Yeah, yeah like there was a crowd of people. Tried, and they were, like, trying to get him to let me go mm. and leave me alone and stuff. And he was properly trying to, like, drag me around the street. But saying, like, you know, if you want to be here, be here. After he just told me to go home, he was very, like, I almost want to say bipolar. Yeah. Always. About things. Yeah. But I don't think he was bipolar because his older brother was bipolar and so was the older brother's daughter and they didn't even act like that. So I don't know what he was. Yeah. But he was something yeah. and it was where to where like he'd say one thing and then two seconds later he'd, he'd say flip. the opposite. Yeah. Very so unpredictable. So like you could never win with him. No. Or you couldn't do anything right. Yeah. But eventually, I uh, got let go, and I left. Did you get any help in trying to, you know, move out of that very abusive relationship? Um, I I, I went, yeah, I went back to my house. I went back home. Mm Mm-hmm. To your mom. I I think, yeah, I think that was very much the lowest point. Like, because my mom had told me multiple times when she'd seen me, like, I, he never left any marks on me or anything, but she'd always say things like, 
you're you're not in a healthy relationship mm-hmm. or you're in a in a abusive relationship. I was like, there's nothing abusive about this. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's honestly not like we have our occasional fallouts, but that's it. Yeah. And then it started all and like the conversation started building and they were a constant and then the occasional push and you mm. know everything just slowly yeah. integrates itself until you're like wait what when did this happen or like when did this start or mm. why is this suddenly okay like yeah. you don't you don't notice cuz they're so busy doing other things showing crying in your face at night when you're alone but being tough in front of other people and giving you like a hero complex for them or something mm. Or having you have to worry about fighting people or overdosing because they got mad at you one night mm-hmm. and told you to go off yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that's, uh, I put up with a lot Yeah, it's, in it's, that situation. It sounds like it. How long were you actually living there with him for three months Mm. so every morning all day every night i'm getting up i'm waking up first thing i do is shake my hair out to make sure there's no cockroaches in it Mm -hmm. right that was part of your morning routine so i might say i do meditation Aaliyah. You're shaking out your hair for cockroaches. Okay. Yeah, while well, someone's doing the downward dog, I'm yeah. head bending over, shaking my <laughs> hair out. And once I know, I put my hair up for the day, put clothes on, we go about our day, and I just have to stay vigilant. That's all. I have to yeah. stay vigilant. I can't, can't be around certain people, can't be in certain situations. If I notice that all the guys have gathered on the door, on the family doorstep, and I'm the only female there, I have to move. Yeah. If I'm sent over to do something, I'm to go do that one specific thing, nothing else, no conversations, no nothing, just to get what I need and go back. No side glances, no anything that can look suspicious. Sounds like you were being held hostage there. I, I was. Yeah. So very fortunate that you managed to get out with your life probably yeah so what happened when you're now back at home um so now i'm at home and in the three months that i've been there i've fallen in love with him somehow Mm -hmm. um and so now i'm reeling from like being in love with someone that I shouldn't be in love with mm-hmm. and uh, he's tra- still trying to contact me and talk to me and trying to get me to come back and I'm like no mm-hmm. I've called the police on this man mm-hmm. I made him come collect all his stuff that I have like I've removed him from my life yeah I've removed him I have not removed anybody else from my life though hmm. so like his brothers would come and see me still one of his brothers would come and see me. Mm-hmm. Um, what, one of would the, they be seeing you purely because of their relationship with you, or based on their relationship with with him? Well, because of the relationship with me. 
Uh-huh. So anybody that came yeah. to see me came because I generally think they knew that I was a very good person and I was a really like I was the light in their world of darkness. Yeah. And they didn't encourage him to keep the light and treat the light right, but they didn't exactly encourage him to let the light go either. Mm-hmm. They just let whatever happened happen. Uh, so passive ba- bystanders to the abuse. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they were dealing with their own abusive relationships yeah. too. That's what that group was about, putting mm-hmm. hands on each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, they saw me... Uh, I remember one of them, I went and he, this guy was bisexual. It was quite funny because he, he was the sweetest one of them all. Like he had a heart of utter gold. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to like keep him and hold him. Mm-hmm. And he was like two feet taller than me too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit difficult. Um, but, um, I hugged him and I guess like I had a very nurturing way with them for some reason. Um, and he said, he said, he said, he said, dang, you can't hug a guy like that if you don't want him to fall in love with you. Um, I said, ah. yeah, pushed him away. I was, I was, I didn't even push him away. I was like, sorry, I won't hug you like that again. Mm-hmm. And eventually all the conversations and stuff tapered off with people of that mm-hmm. arena and they left. And as they left, other people came. And eventually I ran across my daughter's dad Mm -hmm. and he wanted to be in a relationship. And I told him no, because I was still coming off of a relationship and I just, I didn't want to know anybody or be with anybody. Okay. So let's, let's, what, what, what part are we in this story? Have you finished school now? You know, where are you in this, this journey? I have quit school Mm -hmm. by now. Mm-hmm. because of the no, no moving forward. Yeah. Um, I started doing, going for my GED instead. So it's basically like three state tests that you have to take mm-hmm. that basically are just a compact test of four years of schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, four years of courses, I mean. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing that instead now. Where are you um, doing I'm, that? Where, where do they do that then if you've left school? They do that. So they did it at a college campus that we had in uh-huh. town. town, And um, you literally just have to go there. You have to sign up for it, then go take the test. Mm-hmm. And then you get told through an email if you passed or not. Okay. And if you pass all the tests, you get like a mini fake graduation. Mm-hmm. I got a mini fake graduation. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but while doing all this, I'm really just at home trying to recover. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know I needed help or that I was really in an abusive relationship or anything. I just thought it was a relationship that had gone sour, mm-hmm. that I was really feeling the impact of. I didn't know how deep it was or what it was. Um... So I really didn't see myself as an abuse victim or mm. anything like that. Um, I he The day after we broke up, what he did do was he went and found another girl. And when I tell you she's my exact replica, she was my exact replica. 
Like I showed my friends and they were like, she looked, she replaced you with you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like she had the exact same glasses as me. Her, she had her hair up the same way I did. She was a bit skinnier than me. I had a more shapely body than she did, but like she was me, but she just had lighter skin than mm. I did. Spooky. Then I told her about him. That that was a bit scary on some I was like, mm. I that, okay. You don't yes. normally meet your doppelganger, do you? No, and not because she was specifically brought around to like be in your position. Yeah. <laughs> but I told her about him, and I was like, if he starts doing anything, just leave. Because mm-hmm. no matter what he says, he's not going to stop. And mm-hmm. she's like, Okay, she didn't listen. Um, she dealt with it. She was just like, she's like, we've already been fighting. I was like, okay, well, if you know I'm right, then why don't you leave? Because I'm trying to save you. Mm. And she was like, I don't really care. I was like, okay, that's your life, mm-hmm. not mine. No. And they eventually broke up. The funny thing is she started dating another one of my exes. Oh, my God. Where did you know her? Did you know her at all? No. Or it's an incredibly small town where you came from, so there was only, like, maybe ten guys to choose from. (laughs) Something, because she dated two of my exes. And the the second ex she dated was an ex that I dated, like, years ago. Yeah, prior. Mm -hmm. So, and this is after I moved to England that she started dating him. And I was like, wait, you're dating so-and-so? And she was like, yeah, I was like, wow he cheated on me for two years that's funny and then he was like why did you tell my girlfriend i cheated on you i was like because i felt like she should know Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's another story for another time okay that was just funny that we shared so many things in common me and her yeah and we never met each other in our lives Mm -hmm. um but um yeah for 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 like yeah, I was in the middle of recovery, and I decided I'd give Annalise that a chance. Mm-hmm. We got together once, and Annalise existed. So uh, in the middle of coming back from a bad relationship, uh-huh. I got pregnant. <laughs> How long were you, what was the gap between you leaving that abusive relationship and getting then together with your daughter's father? I want to say it was hot, so it was October, some months, because it was cold when I got pregnant, mm-hmm. but it was hot-ish, mm-hmm. so like fall, yeah. summer type weather, uh-huh. when I left. Mm. So about three months maybe, between three, four months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did, okay, how did you meet this guy, and was he a nice guy? Um. So... A hobby I had taken up was I had this website that I had been going on since I was like 10, mm-hmm. where I met just about every guy that I've ever been involved in in my life. <laughs> um, but now they have this new feature where you could go live and just like talk to people. Ooh. And I met this girl first, actually, and we became great friends. Mm. Like we lived in the same state, different cities, the same state. 
We were always up at the same time. We It was like a whole show that we did every night. Mm. If we were both on, we were on each other's, you know, yeah. and back and forth. And it's pretty decent. He came into one of my lives. And, of course, you know, the whole flirty, flirty. And yeah. I was like, that's not cute. Mm-hmm. And But he was a persistent one. There mm-hmm. was no, never any persistent ones. He was persistent. And he was the only persistent one. Ah. So he got your attention then, basically. Yeah. yeah. By there default. No, like, by default. It was, like, unfair. Because he was, like, <laughs> like he, was, he was mincing words and getting attention and he backed me into a corner where I was eventually like fine what do you want you've worn me down (laughs) yes I'll say yes to a date and sure enough he um in the months that we didn't date because I I refused to date him um, what didn't you like about him it's not that I didn't like anything about him I was worried that in my pain, I was just going to use him Uh, as a rebound. Yeah. I knew he didn't deserve that. Okay, you were trying to avoid a situation. Yeah. That you thought was inevitable. Mm -hmm. And um, when I noticed that I started to have feelings for him, though, and my feelings for the other guy were kind of going away, Mm. though, I was kind of like, okay, Mm. maybe we can talk now. Yeah. Um, and it quickly went from talking to a child. A child came out of the conversation somehow. Hmm. Okay. Do we yeah. need to recap on the birds and the bees for you, Leah? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I think, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. So that was just one I date know. you had with him and then you found yourself pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always the first time. Yep. It doesn't happen so, more than once. Nope. No, no, it, it never is. It is never want more than once. <laughs> it can happen the first time. Yeah. So, what, what, what happened then between you and him? You found yourself pregnant. Um. So he left because he was he was only visiting. So he he left the next day. Uh, I went home feeling like crap, um, and I had just gotten over being sick. So. The day before, I felt great, whereas now I felt horrible. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering why I felt horrible. And I literally lay on the couch for two days and just ate chocolate. Mm-hmm. I ate chocolate and candy oh. and more junk and more chocolate and more candy. <laughs> and I was like, jeez, this is some serious PMS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, you know... This usually only because I have like a routine. My my thing is like it's a ritual. Mm-hmm. My period is like how mm-hmm. things work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is odd. Like this is a bit off. Yeah, there's something and different. I looked, at, I looked at myself in the mirror and I had gained weight. Like everything about me had grown. Okay, so you didn't think it was perhaps from eating chocolate and sweets no, for two solid days. I, like, I can't. You don't just. I usually gain weight in my stomach. I've gained weight in my everything right now. Mm. (laughs) And so came all the tests. And, like, I was testing for days. I tested every day for 10 plus days. Okay, so you test the first time and it says not pregnant. Yeah. But you didn't believe it. 
No. Because you're seeing yourself. Like, this isn't normal. Your bo- my body doesn't, like, blow. Yeah. With PMS, I don't, su- I didn't suffer most PMS symptoms. So, like, there was no explanation for a lot of the things that were happening. Mm. And I had stopped eating food. Like, I was scarfing down the kitchen. Mm. <laughs> but. Yeah. I didn't have any, I, but I also didn't have any of the pregnancy symptoms either. Everything was growing, but I didn't have any, no bleeding, no mm-hmm. pain, no, like none of that. Mm-hmm. But just something was, told you that I must be pregnant or I could be yeah. pregnant. Yeah, I'm just like too big. It's, yeah. None of, it's, it's following no routes for me yeah. is what was happening. There was no routes <laughs> that it was going down. And I was like... I have to be like that can be the only explanation mm-hmm. and I told him my suspicions and he got he, he basically he got so many negative tests before we got a positive that he believed I wasn't pregnant mm-hmm. yeah that it was your so imagination when I got a positive he wanted me to retest because mm-hmm. it was a faint positive mm-hmm and so when I retested and I got the positive again, he said that he would move down to Texas to be with me. Um, by now, though, I had told my mom and because she needed to think and I'm dramatic, I automatically assumed that she was mad at me and I ran away to my friend's house oh. <laughs> to go live with her. Okay. <laughs> this time I chose a safe place to go with my friend. That's been my friend for years, so I was like, friend, yeah. I, I got myself in a situation. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, come stay here. And so I was staying with her and her parents. Um, but quickly, that situation became very unconducive for a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. And by now, I had run my mom's mind very thin, so thin that there was about nothing of grass. Yeah. So I had to. It was me. Him. And I think my friend even, we all had to, to an extent, go to my mom and say, like, she needs to come home because here's not good for her. And so mom took me back in. He arrived a couple of days later. He arrived without warning too. So, like, mm-hmm. he was like, I'm heading your way. And then he's like, I'll tell you when I get there. Then maybe, like, five minutes later, he's like, I'm here. I'm like, no, you're oh. not. Mm-hmm. You're, like, states away. You're not supposed to be here yet. And he's like, I'm outside. And sure enough, he was outside. I was like, hmm. And so he came, met my mom. We were in a that kind of situation for almost seven months. Um, my nan had gone to Texas. I had come to England to take care of my aunt who had cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was just me, my mom, and him in the house. And he was sleeping in my room, and I was sleeping in my mom's room. And um, he would get up, he was going to look for jobs, he would look for houses and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Like, we had plans to be a proper family. Okay, but you, were, you weren't you were sharing a bed, you weren't, were, were you acting like boyfriend and girlfriend? No, we weren't even allowed to sit on the same couch. He wasn't even allowed to touch my feet. But you're pregnant with his baby? Yeah. Okay, and it wasn't an immaculate conception? No, it wasn't. No, okay. So 
So she's like, she's like, you're not even allowed to touch your feet. Mm-hmm. Not even allowed to sit in the same room and watch a movie. Well, in she case you in get pregnant again on top of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I just, I'm just trying to follow the logic. No judgment, people. No That's judgment. He was rubbing my feet with me. I was watching a movie and he just rubbed my feet because they hurt. Mom came in and she's like, uh, what's going on? I was like, he's rubbing my feet because they hurt. Yeah. She's like, can I talk to you? Oh. And I was like, I'm already pregnant. It's not like it can happen again or anything. No. Not whilst I'm pregnant anyway. <laughs> like, it, the situation can't get much worse than it already is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was... That would we were under my mom's roof, so that was that was mm. how that was work, would work. Can't do certain things. He set himself up in the front room because we never used like the front room of the house. We mm-hmm. had we had extra rooms in our house, so he was allowed to set that little room up as his little as his space. Mm. Mom let him do that, and so he played video games in the front room, and then we had the living room further back, and then there was my mom's room, and my room was on the front. So he kind of had the front of the house. So we all had the rest of the yeah. house with everybody's. But um, we, we we had like a daily life. He he was either looking for jobs or we were both out looking for an apartment or um, hanging out with some friends that he found because he was really good at meeting people, which is odd. Mm-hmm. Like he met this little boy. Not it's not it was not a little boy. He was like a proper teenage kid. Yeah. That can go out by himself. But like he he somehow became this kid's mentor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the parents like allowed him to stay at his house when he had to leave ours and stuff like that. And I was like, mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like right? Yeah. Smooth, okay. Yeah, but how was your relationship progressing? You're pregnant, he's living there, you're living under the same roof, but you're separate, and you're you're trying to build a life together. Yeah, it was good, actually. Mm -hmm. He, it was literally like he adored me. It was the very opposite of my previous relationships. There was adoration mm, lovely that's a nice Something new feeling utter adoration yeah pedestal and then um so what and happened? it was a step back it went both ways mm-hmm. the like it was, it was both ways and then my nan didn't come back and so well even before that, mom started asking questions. Was like, are you looking for a house? Mm. You know, just trying to put my morals in, like, yeah. in my face, like, think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ugh. and you know, the default, gotta please the parent, happy parents, happy life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, so that's when things started to go sideways. When I started going against mine and his grain. I started going to my mom's. Mm. That's when things became a little difficult. Mm-hmm. And he he was slightly accepting at first, um, but we started fighting often. Mm. And there was a lot of words that are always said and thrown backwards, mm. back and forth. And um, it became very much of an of a thing of 
negotiations and trying to be calm, talking to a heated person back mm-hmm. and forth. My parents were very much the mentors. My mom mentored me while my dad was supposed to help him, but it's my dad and mm-hmm. he's him. They were very much alike. I'm a lot like my mom. Mm. It was almost probably for my parents like a younger version of themselves. Yeah, yeah, difficult. So what 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 happened? What was the outcome? The outcome was um, at seven months pregnant, I chose to go with my mom and come here to England, and mm-hmm. he decided to stay in America. So. Mm. Okay. So. We grew all the way apart. Okay, do you, are you still in contact? How old is your daughter now? She is going to be three next month. Oh, big three, big girl. Um, and and what, what role does her father play in her life? So he doesn't have one because he had one for the first two years of her life. So mm-hmm. instead he would appear and then he would disappear. And he did that for about two years. Until one day, he disowned her. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, I just fully cut him off because my daughter doesn't need that. Mm-hmm. Person, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like she was Absolutely. starting to understand, and she needs consistency and stuff. So, I think disowning was very much my endpoint with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he doesn't have a role in her life anymore. Mm-hmm. I think she's pretty great, though. Yeah? <laughs> so, so what happened? So you've got a daughter who's going to be three, and mm-hmm. I know that you also have a another small child. Yes. So we were we came here, I had her, and then in 2018 went to college at 2019 mm-hmm. and then COVID started. So by now yeah. she was about, I think she had it two almost by now. Mm-hmm. And um, COVID started. And then after the first lockdown lifted, I met my son's father while going towards the GP. I left the house looking like an utter bum. Mm-hmm. So I left the house looking like a homeless person with yeah. a child in a pram. Uh-huh. And um, I was taking her medicine to the GP and um, I met him and he managed to talk me into going on a date with him. This is all in the doctor's surgery. Yes. This uh, all Somehow, again, the conversation turned into a baby. Like, the result of the conversation was a baby. Okay, I think you need to have different conversations, perhaps, next time. That's 
do. Yeah, must do. <laughs> must must learn. <laughs> I just choose not to have conversations with the yeah opposite sex anymore. Yeah, but um, and something in me knew before my body even knew. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but something in me knew before my body knew. Yeah, and I told him, and he was like, "No, you wouldn't know." And then I was like, "I am." Um, and he was like, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah, what are you waiting for? And he's like, basically he said it was only going to mess up my life, not his. And uh, I could get rid of it and he'd pay for it and nobody would need to know. And we could go on about our lives and be happy and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So- I told him that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I found out some things that he was trying very hard to hide from me. Mm-hmm. Like? He tried to hide that he was an older man. And when I say older, I don't mean like, oh, there's a cute little age gap. No, I mean like, you could be my father. How old are you at this point? I am 23. You're 23? Okay. And you're not talking about a 30-year-old then? No. You talking he said about? He was thirty nine. Okay, so a forty year old. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> How old was he? Fifty. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's fifty, and that he did have the three children he told me about, but he also had an extra one that was the same age as me. Oh gosh. Mhm. And I was like. Oh my god, you slept with somebody that's the same age as your child. That's not normal. This all came out whilst you were still pregnant or after you'd had the baby? While I was pregnant. So this is like the beginning of the pregnancy. And now I'm starting to figure out why he told me to get rid of it to an extent. Mm. And so now I'm like properly, before I was like annoyed and upset with him that he would just tell me to kill Mm. a baby. Mm. Now I'm like, annoyed violated unhinged unbad and I didn't talk to him for the longest Mm -hmm. and the pregnancy was quite difficult for me because I very much did feel violated (laughs) that's that's tough and so it was a very up and down pregnancy for me Mm -hmm. did you at any Um, point think of perhaps terminating the pregnancy due to how you were feeling yes a lot yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that thought often crossed my head what stopped you um i had made it past the first trimester by then Mm -hmm. um and part of me i think knew still yeah in this moment i feel this way but like will i feel this way when i go to do it or will i want to do it you know like Mm-hmm. If you look a little further than your emotion, I think I knew that it, I it would weigh on me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like my mind just wouldn't let me kill him or put him up for adoption or anything mm-hmm. like that. All the other options. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't let me do any of that because then he'd be alive. But I've just abandoned a kid that I had the respect. 
people that have been in certain situations before. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I learned very much in that situation because I've never wanted to ever terminate. I didn't even want to terminate my daughter. Yeah. And she... Yeah, I, I, I understood properly what violation and being taken advantage of feels like. I understood what it's like to know that you're carrying the result of such a thing. Mm, yeah. And then he was born and he looked, I kid you not, he looked exactly like him. Like, if I put him in front of the judge, yeah. and I lined up six men, yeah. and I showed his face to the judge, you could tell which one would be his father. He looked exactly like him. Wow. How difficult was that for you? I was annoyed. I, was, I wasn't annoyed because I had nine months by now. So mm. instead of focusing on, like, why he existed, I was now focused on turning into his something that's not his father. Yeah, something positive, Ma- making a yeah. positive. Um... Out of yeah. something not so positive. Yeah. And so when he was born, <laughs> I loved him. But I also wondered, how am I going to look at his like if his face stays like that how am I gonna look at his face every day and be okay yeah exactly like because the way he looked like his father it wasn't just like oh you look like your father you have certain features that make you look most like your father no you have you you've taken your father's face taken it off of him and put it on your own wow pound to the very T like you look exactly like your father Okay, but as we supposed to love you and nurse you and take care of you, or you look like this man that's just done all this stuff to me. So how did you reconcile that? Because how old is your son now? He's four months now. Okay. Um, I don't think I was able to reconcile it at first. I think. I, 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 mainly what I did was I chose not to think about it, I think. Yeah. That's really what I chose. I just chose not to think about it. I just chose to do what any mother would do. Yeah. Take care of their baby. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was. He's my baby. Yeah. I don't care really right now who you look like. I'm mm-hmm. not going to worry about how I'm going to deal with who you look like. I'm just going to take care of you and make sure you live. Mm-hmm. And Does he, still... he didn't lose the face for a uh. while. Okay. <laughs> For a while. He's, he's lost it now. He doesn't look as much like his father as he used to. Um, now you would have to like sit him next to his dad and you'd be able to be like, oh, there's a little oh, there. Oh, okay. Um, but now he looks like his own little person. Mm-hmm. People say he has an old face. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. And I, make, I make a joke actually. I'm like, it's those 50 year old jeans. Yeah. <laughs> They give him that wisdom. <laughs> he does that, yeah. And um What about his father then? Is his father then in, in his life in any shape or form? Well uh yeah, his dad financially helps with him when he feels like it and he comes to see him 
when he feels like it. His dad, I think, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he does evolve. Yeah. It's not easy. And he does, his dad doesn't necessarily try to make it easy. And not like, probably not like I make it easy for his dad. But um, it's difficult because his dad doesn't, isn't wanting to fix what he messed up and isn't mm. accepting. But he wants all the benefits, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's all very one-sided on his yeah. terms. Um, but his dad's involved. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think his dad wants to be with me and stuff, but I told him I just can't. No. No. And he was very involved with me to that one. Mm-hmm. So where are you now with your with your life? You've got two two young children. You're what, twenty four now? Yes. And what's life looking like for you now? So now, um, in all transparency, I do still suffer from depression and anxiety because of my epilepsy. But I am having some postpartum depression still. Mm-hmm. Um, but life is, life is good for me. Like, I've been through so much and made it past so much that I guess now when I see obstacles or things that are going to cause me problems, something in me knows I've done and seen too much for this to take me out. Yeah. Like, this just is going to feel like it might but I know it's not going to. It can only do it if I let it. Yeah. But I think that's the biggest thing. Once you know that something can only take you out if you let it take you out, you will be able to conquer anything. Yeah. I have two great children that, that they love. Like, I told I told my mom yesterday, my children are love gurus. Children are love gurus. Mm-hmm. They know everything about love. Because mm-hmm. my... My daughter was walking down the street and she said, Mom, I said, yes. She said, she said, I love you and kissed the back of my hand. Uh, I said, I love you. And my mom joked and said, what do you know about love? I said, she knows everything, everything about love. Yeah, she knows everything about love. Absolutely. Because like, if you actually think of it, children love with no inhibition. Like, yeah, unconditional. Will, you smack them in their face and they'll love you. Yeah. Whereas if you smack me in my face, I'm going to beat you up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we know already, don't we? Don't mess with Aaliyah. <laughs> but like, if nothing you else, older, you lose the guruness of love, and so children, like, you have to learn from. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. I just like so. I have two little love gurus in the house mm. who love that, bomb you all the time. Oh yes, one drools all over me, and his spit is his spit sticky. That's weird. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wiped it off one day and it was all sticky. I was like, what are you? Like, mm. a chameleon or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's it's cute because I, I just love to watch their relationship. Mm. They have a little relationship. Whenever she walks in the room, she smiles like the sun has walked in the room. Oh. And she's protective and you know like she tries to do have little conversations with him which is cute she yeah. did this morning she just kept going hi yeah and 
kept repeating the same word, but to him, he was just like, yes, yes, yeah. sister, conversation. Oh. And I was like, that is pure. Priceless, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. I, I don't have anything to complain about, mm. honestly. I mean, I do have things I could complain about, but... Uh, don't we all? But how do you manage your... your um depression and epilepsy and those low moods on a day-to-day basis uh, so i find that with all of those they all kind of work together against me mm-hmm. which really sucks um my biggest weapon for them is routine though because mm-hmm. my anxiety makes me very anxious about what's going to happen mm-hmm. so if i line things up not to happen in a certain way or at yeah. a specific time mm. just know like you get up in the morning you brush your teeth you eat your breakfast yeah that's a routine yeah so you know what's gonna happen that you, you can automate it at 8 30 yeah but you mm-hmm. know it's gonna happen yeah so i just do things kind of to a routine setting every day and little things can change like i might have to change the kids pants or she might get something else to eat at a different time mm. that's fine but it was still routine mm. like i i know and it helps because then I can allocate things to do for the day to fight the depression. Because activeness is what really helps against depression. You don't even have to exercise. Just do like a load of washing. Mm. And it fights the depression just a little bit. And I read something yesterday that said um, a girl had been in school and her professor said, everything is worth doing poorly yeah because everything is worth doing even if it's not do- being done good because it's being done yeah the emphasis is on the doing rather than the, yeah. the quality did it. yeah and before i used to run myself crazy trying to do stuff but now like that it's a weight off my shoulders after reading that because sometimes i'm just like listen just get out of bed. I don't care how you get out. You can roll. You can hands walk, and knees. You can climb. Yeah. You, you can crawl you on can the floor. Scream. Just get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you've done something. Yeah. And then, okay, that's done. Mm-hmm. Now, what's next? You have to get down the stairs. Cool. You want to roll? You want which one? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're doing. You're, it's one and, step at a time, isn't it? Yeah, and eventually the doing becomes easier. Because you have a routine and you're indirectly inserting doing into your routine. Because your mm-hmm. routine is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you, it's lovely. Yeah. I love the little thing. Yeah. That if I lose it, I go unhinged and I'm just like, what am I doing with two children? Do you celebrate yourself at the end of the day and say, you did well, Aaliyah. Thanks for showing up. Um, I do, yeah, I do let myself unwind. It's odd because it changes daily on what helps me feel the sense of accomplishment. So sometimes it can be seeing that both my children are asleep. That's accomplishing enough for absolutely, me. Absolutely, absolutely. I think a lot of a lot of mothers with young children would agree with you there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> made it through the day they're still alive and thank goodness they're sleeping now yeah and other times it's 
I may just want to sit down with my kids and watch a movie mm-hmm. um, or have a drink to relax me. Do a foot soak, you know, just a little something, something that does not necessarily work because I'm a really lazy person. Mm. So sometimes it's in my ankle can be work for me. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just that allows me to relax. Relaxing is my reward for being able to do because yeah. it allows me to, it doesn't get rid of the depression and the anxiety and stress but it lessens it so I do feel all of that throughout the day but once everything's done I make it so you don't have to feel that anymore mm-hmm. just go go be your age yeah like go be you you and yourself. yourself you don't have any kids right now you don't none of that yeah you're yeah. just yourself yeah and it's... so I go and be myself yeah it's so important isn't it to practice self-care so I would never refer to it as being you know lazy it's it's giving yourself what you need at that time, isn't it? And and just being very mindful and allocating the time and giving yourself permission, not being so hard on yourself. It's so important. Yeah, exactly. So I would love to take this opportunity to celebrate you, Aaliyah. You are an amazing person. You've been through perhaps a little bit more than other people may have. Um, in your tender young years but you know you have risen and um, and you've mastered and you are mastering your life and I think you're, you're a great role model for a lot of people out there who are listen you know there's a lot of people out there aren't there that are struggling and can't face the day or don't know why they even should and I think that your story could definitely inspire an awful lot of people because, you know, you don't have to be, it's not about being amazing, is it? It's just about getting up and one foot in front of the other and just perhaps trying not to repeat the mistakes and the mistakes I would kind of like qualify as those things that we've done that haven't really served us. Mm-hmm. That. That that's how I would I I would um qualify that. So, you know, kudos to you. Um, you're a great mother as well. So well done. I mean, that's a tough decision. I think there's a lot of people that have been faced exactly with that dilemma. You know, they find themselves pregnant in a situation where they think, mm, it would on the surface of it be a lot easier the option to just get rid and terminate because you know kids are for life aren't they and um you know again no judgment everyone has to do what they feel is right for them yes i agree with that yeah so i think that yeah mm, yeah it's definitely something that needs to be understood that some people can't do what other people can do yeah, no, Which it's isn't bad. No, it's just, it's just at their level. Exactly, their level. it's it's looking at you for inspiration rather than oh well, she, you know, she did it, so I have to do it, or yeah. or something like that, because then you're just never going to be happy. So, no, thank you, and thank you also for sharing your story and being so open and honest, and I'm sure that it's going to help an awful lot of people out there. So. 
Thank you, Aaliyah, and I wish you all the best and hope to speak to you again very soon. Thank you. In all my conversations with the people I've interviewed for my podcast so far, it never ceases to amaze me how people manage to come through the toughest of adversities with such humility for the lessons they've learnt. So if you've enjoyed these stories and have a story that you would like to share, then reach out and get in touch. You can leave me a voicemail message or email me directly at shari at sharilewisandfresh.com. Leave a comment, like or review. So thank you. Until the next episode. Take care.